Hello and welcome to the Be More Within Gomu podcast. We are thrilled you are here. We're coming to you from Denver and Austin, Texas today, where it's lovely and cold in Denver. And I have no idea what the weather is in Austin, Joyce. But, it's um, beautiful and 74 degrees. Ooh, make us jealous. At least we don't have snow yet. So, <laughs> but, but you've got the cold weather, Al. It's coming. It's coming. So, um, But in this podcast series, we connect you with coaches and thought leaders who make a positive difference in the lives of the people and the businesses they serve. Our show is brought to you by the Ngomu app, available on the Google Play Store. You can unlock your full potential and be more with access to about 60 coaches to help you with your personal development, career advancement, health and wellness, and relationship goals accessible anytime, anywhere. Check it out on the Google Play Store, search for Ngomu, and start your seven-day free trial today. My name is Al Wynant, your host, and with me today is... My ever-present Josh Joya, my co-host and the CEO of the Herman Group of Companies and author of the forthcoming book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future. Joyce, so good to see you as always. Likewise, Al. It's great to be here with you. In today's episode, we are speaking about something that I'm very excited about with Ngomu coach Cynthia Stout Orvis and Frankie Boyer. She's a cutting edge radio talk show host about the food and body relationship. Joyce will be speaking with Frankie in the second half of the podcast. So Joyce, I will just see you in a little bit. Bye for now. Hello, Cynthia. How are you today? Hi, Al. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast show from, I understand you're in the mountains of Colorado. So a little bit more snowy there than it is in the city, I guess. A little bit, yes, but doable. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good thing. So uh, let me introduce you to Cynthia. Cynthia Stadorvis struggled with weight, compulsive eating, and chronic health concerns for many years before discovering a healing approach that powerfully works. With 20 plus years of experience as a master health and life coach and professional educator, she guides her clients and audiences to understand health, common human behaviors, and personal development in a fresh and exciting way. So, Cynthia, I'm really excited to have today's conversation. Thank you. Me too. So, we are doing this because we were so close to the holidays. And with that so, so approaching and the, the overindulgence, the road to overindulgence coming up here, we wanted to chat about the uh, food and body relationship, which also happens to be your, the title of your learning community within GOMU. So, share with us what that means. Yeah. So I, the way I like to explain this is think of the result is still the same of what everyone wants around this time of the holiday and in general, right? So everybody wants to be in a body weight and a body size that feels great for you. Uh, we don't want big fluctuations going up and down. We want it to be where we want it to be. We want to feel healthy in our own skin. We know food and fitness has a big part of that and influences that. And we want to live in a pain-free body, right? So these are all the things that we all want. And we especially want to be more in control of over the holiday. So what I do in the food and body relationship community is help you get all of that, but through a different avenue than the common nutritional, Western nutrition conversation. Um, that conversation is more around dieting and don't eat this, you know, or eat this and don't eat that. And this is how you have to do it, which um, is an approach that isn't working for a lot of people anymore. And after being in this field for so many years, I feel a much better approach 
is to focus on your food relationship rather than focus on the food itself. So that is the difference. That instead of us worrying about the micronutrients of the food and the calorie count and how to master it and manipulate it and do all these things to get what we want, the weight, the health, the vibrancy, let's go into it from a different avenue, which is more around who you are as an eater relating to the food. How are you making your choices? How are you eating? When are you eating? Why are you eating? What, what's, really, what's really driving what you put in your mouth? Let's talk about that stuff, which is more about your eating behaviors and your relationship with the food, a little more than just focusing on the food itself. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And how did you how did you get into this type of coaching? I, I, I know a little bit about your origin story, so to speak. Um, yeah. How, how, how did that start? I say it started out of necessity <laughs> for the happiness of my life. Um, I was I had an eating disorder for almost fifteen years, and my eating disorder was binge eating disorder, which um, is a little different. Uh, many people are familiar with bulimia. Bulimia is when you grossly overeat and then you purge. Binge eating disorder is you do the grossly overeating part, but you don't purge. And that's, that was mine, which means my weight went up and up and up and up and up for many years. And it felt very out of control. And it was, it was a raging eating disorder that um, really debilitated my life and my happiness at the time. So in my quest to overcome that for myself, um, surprisingly, I, I was so amazed that I actually started to and my own eating disorder. And through the process of doing that, I was, I was like, wow, I need to teach this to other people. This is pretty awesome. Um, and that's what started my whole nutritional slash coaching career over 20 years ago. So I, I understand, I believe your philosophy in coaching in this area is inspiring your clients to engage in essence with their own beliefs and subsequent behaviors and create you know, daily self-practices and actions that make sense for them. What, what does that really mean? And, you know, can you give an example of that? Yeah. So when we look at something like a basic eating behavior, um, overeating is a, is a common basic eating behavior that many people engage with that is not wanted, right? <laughs> we don't want to be overeaters. Yet, one of the biggest things I hear from clients is, mm -hmm. oh, I'm just an overeater. I eat too much. I eat all the time. I put too much food in my mouth with XYZ food. So that's what I mean by um, an eat, a behavior. And so my approach is let's, let's understand that behavior from the inside out. What's driving it? What's making that happen, especially if it's happening as a pattern? And let's fix it and change it and transform it into something that does serve you. And let's focus on doing that a little heavier than we might focus on worrying about if we're eating chocolate or eating something that's higher in fat and higher in sugar, because ultimately you're going to get a much better result down the road if you change your eating behaviors into what you actually want them to be rather than focusing on the food. That makes sense. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, the holidays are fast approaching with at least Thanksgiving starting next week here. Um, how can we best prepare? So what best practices, what habits should we cultivate during this period? Yeah. Oh, that's a big question. We could probably talk an hour about that one. <laughs> but I think, I think my best tip to give quickly, and we can go into it more if we have more time, is don't stress about any one meal. It's not worth it. It's not necessary, right? 
part of life and our and having a healthy relationship with food is using food in a social manner and using it in a way that helps us connect with other humans and celebrate and the holidays are a perfect time for that so whatever you do in one meal or once or twice out of a 7 day period isn't going to matter that much so instead of stressing about it be more present be present with the food, be present with the people that you're with, slow down, which is a huge tool in the world of intuitive eating to help you eat less. So that's a practical tool for you is slow down. And when you're eating, notice if you're already feeling guilty about what you're eating before you even start. This is a great way to get into this food relationship world. Are you eating the food guilty? Have you decided that it's bad or wrong before you even put it in your mouth? Because I guarantee you, if you have, but you still put it in your mouth, you're probably going to eat more than you would if you just decided it was okay in the first place. <laughs> so <relatable. laughs> I, it's, it's funny that you say that slow down. I've been, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm busy a lot. And so sometimes a meal is a, a tool to survive <laughs> and it's just like scarf move on and so i've been trying to be more present with the food and sort of enjoying it and relishing it and i notice mm -hmm. when i do that i also eat less yeah i'm satisfied faster but, I'm, but i've also enjoyed it rather than just like nutrition move <laughs> you know it's yes. a very different uh a different feeling and, and i you know kind of going into that i i participated in a couple of your uh, learning community sessions and you post some, I recall vividly from the first session, you know, some really interesting questions about your relationship with food. Can I just talk about that a little bit? And the questions really, to me, was more, it, it made me think, it, it didn't make me think so much about the food, but really, you know, the mindset around food. Why do I eat and so on? So how does, how does mindset play a role in, in that food and body relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think my last example of talking about guilty food versus non-guilty food is a great example of mindset. Um, many of us, especially those of us who have been in diet culture for a long time, meaning the people who feel like I always have to be on a diet to keep my weight down, and so there's constant pursuits of that, puts can put you in a mindset. If, you're, if you've been in that for a while, it can put you in this mindset that food is the enemy and it's something to be feared. And unless you figure out how to control it, you're doomed. You'll never get what you want, right? And when I say what you want, I mean the weight you wanna be, the feeling you wanna have in your body, the body image that you want. So the mindset that gets created for many people is food is scary, I can't control it, it controls me, and it's my enemy. That's a mindset we've got to shift to be able to have a relationship with food and a relationship with ourselves and our bodies that's really more serving, more positive, and more connected as we go through our life. So um, I think that's, that's a primary thing that, I'm, that I mean with mindset. You know, if we, if, we, if we eat food guilty, then we're essentially saying on a broader scale, on a regular basis, oh, then food's my enemy. I'm either, I'm either, it's either good or bad, right or wrong. We've got to get out of that polarity. It doesn't work with food. We can't do that. And the reason we can't do that is because we have to eat every day. 
You have to, so right? So, so either it's going to be a relationship of struggle every day, or it's going to be a relationship with a peace. Which side do you want to be on? I like a little white flag, the peace one. <laughs> right. So what question should people ask themselves, mm-hmm. you know, to cultivate good habits? I think the first question to ask yourself is, are you in a war with food right now? Are you in a battle? Is that battle regular? Does it show up every day, every time you think about food? Does it maybe just show up once in a while or does it show up never? That's a great place to start to assess mm-hmm. where you are in your relationship with food. If, if you have no struggle around it, then I would say you're in the camp of what I would call great relationship with food. And then it might just be a matter of maybe you need some more nutritional information. Great. That's easy. But if you're in a battle with it, you're going to be more in the scale of having a not so great relationship with food. And that's where you want to start to self-assess. So I know we don't have a lot of time today. So um, as, as we're wrapping up here, what are in sort of top three takeaways you can give our viewers and listeners as they're, as they're getting ready to celebrate the holiday season, but also for life in general? as yeah. it comes to you know, the food and body relationship. So I think top tip number one is ask yourself before you put any bite of food in your mouth, are you eating it guilty or are you eating it with peace and love? That's number one. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a donut or a piece of broccoli. Ask yourself that question. That's number one. Number two, slow down, especially with food especially with fitness and especially with any self-care practice. Just slow down. You're going to get so much more out of it when there's more consciousness brought to what you're doing. And number three, enjoy the holidays. (laughs) Enjoy the food. Enjoy the people you're with. Don't stress about any one meal. That is excellent advice we should all live by. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. I I really appreciate you being here and sharing this advice with our viewers and listeners. And if you'd like to work with Cynthia via the Ngomo app, she has an excellent learning community. We've alluded to a couple of times here. It's the food and body relationship. I personally have enjoyed it. So check it out on the Google Play Store. Just look for Ngomo. So if you have just joined us, um, you're listening to the Be More With Ngomo podcast with guests in Orvis. And soon coming up here, Frankie Boyer. Um, we're talking about the food and body relationship and the uh, podcast is brought to you by the InGoMo app. So Cynthia, thank you for being here and we'll see you in a little bit. Thanks, Al. And I'm now going to bring in my co-host Joyce and her guest Frankie while I leave the stage. So Joyce, take it away. Thanks, Al. As the president, producer, and host of the Frankie Boyer radio shows, Frankie offers a passionate voice to empower people to take control of their health. For over 20 years, she has believed we can all create miracles in our lives. As the voice of three, three radio shows, Frankie has interviewed Dr. Andrew Weil, Deepak Chopra, and Wayne Dyer, just to name a couple, and fervently believes that education is the key to staying healthy, as many of us do. So full disclosure, 
I have really enjoyed being on Frankie's radio shows. And so we want, when we wanted to find someone to talk about the food and body relationship, the first person I thought of was my friend, Frankie Boyer. And I'm really looking forward to turning the tables on my friend. <laughs> Welcome, Frankie. It's simply terrific to have you here. Oh, we can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? It's great to be, it's yeah. great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And and I love what Cynthia was saying, but and I also just want to say one other thing. It's people make it a moral issue. So when you've been good on your diet, you've been good. And then when you've messed up, you say, Oh, I've been so bad today. No, you haven't been bad. Food is not a moral issue. It's not good or bad. And, and I, I think that we get so attached to that scale of being good and bad when it's really not about that. But and, and, and I think that this time of the year, I just heard today we were talking about addiction on one of my shows and the number of people that have died from overdosing in San Francisco is three times higher than people that have died from COVID three times higher. Why are we not seeing this on the news? Why are we not taking this comorbidity issue that is plaguing Americans and talking about it, Joyce? I don't understand. We know what the answers are. We know what the solutions can be, as Cynthia has shared. We need to understand in this country that when you put junk in, it will break down the body. And when you have a pandemic, guess what? You're yeah. susceptible for your body breaking down. Right. It's, so it, it just is, it's so frustrating for me. And I understand the difference between overeating and compulsive overeating. There is a huge difference. Eating disorders. There are lots of variations of, of problems with eating. What I really want to share with people today is that we as consumers are not demanding good quality. And because our, our, because our government, big business, big pharma, big agribusiness is in control of the advertising and the money that we spend, we're not getting the truth. We're not getting the fact that there are hidden ingredients more than you would ever think in your peanut butter on the shelves, by the way, FYI. We're not getting the truth about the fact that they can put maggots, mice droppings, rat droppings. It's acceptable and allowed by the federal government. So we have got to demand more. We have to understand that there are food deserts in this country. There are, there are vast numbers of communities that have no access to fresh food. In my refrigerator right now, I am so blessed and lucky that I have so many organic and beautiful greens and, and all kinds of vegetables. And I just made a, a beautiful pumpkin soup Oh, I love pumpkin soup. P pumpkin coconut soup. Mm. Um, you know, it just blows me away at how fast and easy that was. Yeah. Fast, fast so and easy. So, Frankie, how did you end up on the radio talking about health? How did that happen? Oh, gosh. It goes back a lot of years. Um, a lot of it was just serendipity. And then a lot of it was the family genetics are bad really bad. And I realized at a very young age 
that if I didn't start practicing epigenetics, that I was going to be in the same boat. Hmm. My, my late father, who was 51 when he died, my late brother was 52. I mean, 42. Wow. A cousin, a cousin was oh, in his very his, young. Very young. I, we've had a lot of tragedy in my in my family tree, a lot of tragedy. And we have something called a very thick blood pattern. So early on, I had some wonderful mentors. One of them was the the great and amazing Burton Goldberg, who was the voice I of alternative. Burton. Oh, yeah. Burton was just a trip. Burton wow. was was one of my dear friends and mentors. And he started the alternative medicine magazine. Mm-hmm. And and Burton really took me under his wings and said, kid, you got to practice epigenetics, epigenetics. You got to re-silence those genes you were born with or you won't be around. And he was absolutely right. So for me, it's a matter of my survival. And I thrive with eating vibrant foods. I thrive taking supplements every single day of my life. I don't take medications I move, I exercise, I do all of the things, I meditate, I work my program every so single day of my life. is that how you would say that you, you for you, are able to control your weight? Because obviously you are, you look terrific. Thank you. Um, I, I do, I do that. all of that. I also practice intermittent fasting. Right. I love intermittent fasting and it has been, um, just fabulous. It has changed. It's been a game changer for me. So I eat, I eat eight hours and I fast for the rest of the 24 hours. That's what I do. And it, it just works for me. And I don't eat junk in between. I don't eat any sugar. I don't eat gluten. I try really hard not to eat sugar. If it's in my food, it's in my food. I found out early on from a friend who wrote a book called normal blood test scores aren't good enough that, um, I should not be drinking coffee. Coffee has a bad effect. I'm allergic to coffee and the coffee beans doesn't matter if it's caffeinated or decaf. So I stopped drinking coffee. I really work a program that is not easy by any stretch, but my older sister passed away a few years ago and what killed her Joyce, which is so sad, was the medication that saved her. The irony of that, the irony of that, because all of those years on those medications destroyed her kidneys. And at the end, her, her, her kidneys could not fight the fight. They just stopped working. Yeah. And I, because I, of her, yeah, because no, of her heart disease and everything else, she could no longer survive. Hmm. And so she died. She died at a young, a very young age. And so there are no days off for me. I just, I just had a, I just had a birthday and I, I made my own birthday cake. Yeah. And I love it. I did. I did. And it was gluten-free, sugar-free, and it was a chocolate ganache cake and it was really fabulous. And then I made a, a coconut, uh, a coconut carrot cake. That was really awesome. And you would never, if, if I never told you it was gluten-free, sugar-free, you would have never have known because I've learned how to use whole foods in my baking and in my cooking. And, and I just have been able to do that through the years. I'm an alchemist. I'm an artist. And so I get to do all of those things. Well, if you could share one of those recipes, we'll share it with our listeners. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't do recipes. I just, <laughs> I just throw I it in the, 
I, I was growing the pot kind of person. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do have I do have a couple of favorite things. And I think one of the best I love cauliflower because it's it just takes on the taste and the feel of everything you want. Yeah. And I do a lot with cauliflower and just take some cauliflower, put a drizzle a little olive oil on the bottom of your baking pan, throw a little, I use right now truffles are very big. So I use the truffle sea salt and I throw a little of the truffle salt on top and a little bit of truffle oil. And I cut it up and put it in the oven and I, I bake it until it's nice and soft. And then I can either puree it and mash it. And um, if you're if you're um, a vegan, you don't use cheese, you use cheese alternatives. If you're not, you can put a little cheese and make a macaroni and cheese out of it, or you can make a mashed potato out of it. You can do a hundred so, different things. So, Frankie, this is turning into a cooking show. So I want to bring us back to topic. Yes, yes, yes. We're, yes. Headed, we're headed into the season of overeating. Yes. What is your strategy for not gaining weight? It's pretty simple, Joyce. I know what it's like to cross Mass Ave in Cambridge right outside of Harvard Square, over 200 pounds, over 200 pounds. The cars want to run you right over. They're not stopping for you, Joyce. They're not stopping for you. I know what it's like at 117 pounds to cross Mass Ave, and they stop short for you. So that, that piece of finding what it is that triggers you, not having it in the house, number one, Mm. really, really understanding how maybe intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting might be the answer during those holiday parties. So the days that you're going to the party, maybe you stop having your food um, during the day and you just have your dinner and you eat in it for certain hours. I don't do sugar. I don't think sugar is good for anyone. I think the deleterious effects of the sugar and the, the cause of inflammation are really the culprit of the comorbidity issue. So I stay away from sugar. That doesn't mean I stay away from anything that's good good to eat because I don't. But I also think it means drinking a lot of water. We're not drinking enough, in, in my opinion. We are mostly thirsty, not hungry. And so if you can start sipping your water throughout the day and really get yourself a container, and by the end of the day, your goal is to drink everything in that container. Then you've had a successful day. And that will also help with your appetite. I also think that you all understand what's good for you. You know intuitively. You know, the late Dr. Abram Hoffer, who is Bill W.'s psychiatrist and magnificent orthomolecular psychiatrist who believed in nutrition, used to say, you know what the crap is. Cut it out. And he would say that to little kids. And you know what? They knew exactly what he was talking about. We all know what that is. And the other piece is that we as Americans need to be demanding, Joyce, need to be demanding that the labels be more clear, mm. concise, easy to understand. And by the way, let's not export the Halloween candy with the artificial ingredients, keeping them in this country and export the really good stuff to Europe. Let's <laughs> let's keep the good stuff in this country. Seriously, let's do that. So uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to jump to the very end. What advice do you have for our listeners, Frankie? It, who, it's who, it's who want to be more. It's not easy, and every day, all you can do is small steps. You know those little changes, 
And if you can give your mind a timeout, we all need a timeout. This pandemic has proven we need timeout, all of us. And if you can take a few minutes to just set your day in the morning with the intentions of what it is that you want for the day, what is it that you want? Hmm. And think of life as a, as, as going through a treasure hunt. What wonderful opportunity is going to be around the corner for you? What are you going to unfold? Right. What Intention is, is so powerful, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So what is it that you do want in your life? And ask yourself that question and then believe that it will happen. Because I believe, I believe, and when I was a little girl, when I was a little girl, Joyce, I would watch Tinkerbell, Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. And when her light was getting dim, the announcer would say, clap, clap, if you believe, if you believe. And I would sit there stomping and clapping. And yes, I believe, I believe, I believe. I want everybody to go back to that story when you believed that you could save Tinkerbell. You believed you could by your clapping and your screaming and your supporting Tinkerbell. We have to go back to that childlike time in all of our lives. Mm. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much, Frankie. We sincerely appreciate your participation in our podcast. Oh, thank you, Joyce. It was lovely. It was great fun having you here. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. <laughs> I have the energy now. <laughs> so that was that was a great conversation with Frankie. I appreciate I so appreciate her being here. It's interesting to to hear some different viewpoints um from from both Cynthia and Frankie. So as we were talking and as we were wrapping up, Joyce, was um as you were listening to Cynthia, what what were you what were some of your takeaways from, from my conversation with her? Thanks, Al. So the first thing is that the traditional approach is simply not working. We have to find out what will work for each of us as individuals. And and that goes along with the whole trend toward personalized medicine and personalized uh, and customized responses and and finding what works for you. Uh, The second thing is that we need to be present with food. We need to slow down. And what I've discovered for myself is that when I really chew the food and, and taste the flavors, that makes a big difference for me. So that slowing down was very meaningful to, to me to hear. And we need to eat mindfully, not with guilt in our, in our brains, but, but think about the joy of food experience the joy of food and the peace that we can feel and forget about the guilt because no one meal is that important. What she said was that, uh, you know, that one meal, that that Thanksgiving or Christmas, or in my case, because I'm headed to a wedding, the wedding reception meal, I can, I, I should be able to not necessarily just eat everything in sight, but not worry about what I'm eating. And for me, what what I know about me is that my brain will tell me when I've eaten enough if I will listen. My brain and my body will tell me when I've eaten enough 
And sometimes I don't listen and that's when I get into trouble. So that's what I learned from Cynthia. And what did you learn from Frankie? How much time do we have? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Frankie so is a fountain of information, isn't it? <laughs> and it comes out so fast. Uh, um, so I, I so sort of keywords stood out for me more than anything. So, you know, I liked what Frankie was sharing that eat vibrant foods, you know, eat, eat organic, eat all those beautiful things that are out there and not that highly processed junk in essence you know exercise meditate um intermittent fasting is important to frankie drink water you know set your container aside you know for the day and make sure you drink that whole container of water but really also is i see that a lot you know you people go just going full in but that's you know start taking small steps you know little changes are easier to do than you know making the big change in one time and, and, and something I also really believe in is set your intentions for the day. And that is so important that you do that as you, as you sort of awaken for the day in the morning. And then believe. I thought that was, I thought that was a nice closer. So um, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that sharing. Wish we had more time for, for more, more conversation here. But our show is only about a half hour. So. Thanks, Al. So at the end of each show... <clears throat> We recognize an individual who's made a positive difference in the lives of many. Al, you have a very special group of people you'd like to recognize today, right? Yeah, I do. And this is sort of a little bit different than what we do normally. We usually pick like one person who has made a positive difference. But since the Thanksgiving holiday is coming up, and I think it's important to give thanks to the people in your life, and I'm talking my professional life here, my home as well, of course, but I am incredibly thankful as we just rolled out our app here for the people who've supported us through this process. We've worked with coaches, we've worked with advisors, and you're one of those, Joyce, you know, who've been around since the beginning, you know how long ago that was. So I'm incredibly thankful for the support, the guidance, the knowledge, the coaching that I've received and people have come to our company and work with us. I'm so incredibly thankful for this group of 70, 70 or 80 people um, and how they've connected and made themselves stronger by being by, by working together and engaging with each other. So I'm on, on this, this Thanksgiving, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's believed in our vision and our mission and we're, we're off to the races, so to speak. So thank you everyone for being part of this amazing adventure. So, um, but that does bring us to the end of the show. If you have anyone or a group of people you want us to recognize at the end of our podcast, I encourage you to reach out to us, send us a message to news at ngomwe.com and we'd be happy to do that. Um, but this brings us, as I said, to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Ngomi, Ngomu coach, sorry, uh, Cynthia Stott Orvis and radio host Frankie Boyer for being here today. And as always, my co-host, George Joya. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you on December 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern time for our next show. And don't forget to download the Ngomu app. Uh, from the Google Play Store. And now let's go make a positive difference. And be more.